This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder our Sunday Mass readings. I'm Dina Marie, again, welcoming you to 2023. We are in year A, and guess what? We have changed from the beautiful seasons of Advent and Christmas, which begin a brand new liturgical year, and we've entered into what's called ordinary time. And there's nothing ordinary about ordinary time. It simply means time that we number. Obviously, in the seasons, Advent and Christmas, we have a particular order of weeks in those celebrations of liturgical seasons, as we do in Lent and Easter and even into Pentecost. But in ordinary time, we have 34 weeks throughout the year that we order or we count or are numbered. And so last week, we celebrated the Feast of the Epiphany. The Feast of the Epiphany of the Lord this year, 2023, fell upon the first Sunday in ordinary time. And so today, January 15th, is the second Sunday in ordinary time. We'll move through this week and you'll see the vestments will go back to green. You'll see green coming into the liturgical color of the church. And I always say, when you see green, you grow. And one of the thoughts I'd like you to take, and I'm going to take it into this particular year, because I've focused in that when you're green, you grow uh, message, is that what did we just come out of? We just came out of two beautiful seasons, the season of Advent, which is a preparation for the feast of the birth of Christ, the feast of the incarnation. And so we had four weeks of the liturgical season. We saw the violet, a little bit of a penitential season, a time of preparation, a time of reflection, self-reflection, but also preparing to hear the good news of the birth of Jesus Christ. And then we had the season of Christmas. And within that season, we have beautiful feasts like the Feast of the Holy Family. We close it with the Feast of the Epiphany. And we just had this week the Feast or the feast, yes, of the baptism of the Lord. So we go from the celebration of the birth of Christ, the coming of the Messiah, to now entering into the public life of Jesus Christ. And it enters right scripturally into the baptism of the Lord. And in fact, we'll hear today more of the account of the baptism of the Lord. So when you talk about green, you grow. One thing I'm thinking about this year is how do I take 
all of the gifts, all of the graces, maybe the nuances that I learned this year in Advent and Christmas, how do I live those out during ordinary time? And you and I just witnessed history in the church. December 31st, we saw the death of Pope Benedict XVI. And I hope many of you had the opportunity to witness via live stream or on a YouTube, or I watched it through the EWTN channel, the funeral of Pope Benedict XVI, Joseph Ratzinger, on January 5th, 2023. And he certainly has impacted my life as a Catholic convert. I had the opportunity to go with my husband to New York City in 20, uh, 2008, and Pope Benedict came. Christ is our hope was the theme. And he came to the United States. And this was the first time that I was able to be in the same space as a Holy Father, and maybe my only time throughout my lifetime. But Rob and I, my husband, we really wanted to go and to see the Holy Father. We thought, well, I don't know if we're ever going to get to Rome, but we could go through the United States and go across the country. And I was able to see Pope Benedict at a beautiful mass and celebration in Yankee Stadium. I mean, can you believe that seeing the Holy Father at Yankee Stadium? It was so beautiful. But that marked a memory, a memory that I'll take with me my whole life. And I hope Pray one day, I'll see Pope Benedict face to face as we look at our Lord with that heavenly reward. And so I think about this Advent, this Christmas, we've witnessed um, the death, but also the new life of a friend of faith, you know, a man who has showed us the way to Jesus Christ in Pope Benedict XVI, in Joseph Ratzinger. So I pray that you will continue to pray for him, for his soul to be in heaven and that he would pray for us individually and pray for us in the church. And so those special gifts, special graces, special moments or memories that you have of just this Advent and Christmas season, how will that grow? How will that grow during the weeks of ordinary time? And then pretty soon, we're going to enter into another season, which would be the time of Lent. But let's go into the uh, January 15th, the readings for Sunday, this second Sunday in ordinary time. And I want to open again with the collect. This is that opening prayer that you hear the priest pray at the beginning of mass. We get settled in and he says, let us pray. And these are the words, what I love about the collect. And of course, with the entire mass is you could be in any part of the world any little town, little village, big city, big area, but we're going to hear the same readings. We're going to hear the same prayers. They're going to be prayed in different languages, depending on where you live. But this is the collect all Catholics will hear on the second Sunday in Advent. Listen, almighty ever-living God, who governs all things, both in heaven and on earth, Mercifully hear the pleading of your people and bestow your peace on our times. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Our first reading for the second Sunday of Ordinary Time comes from Isaiah chapter 49. The Lord said to me, 
you are my servant, Israel, through whom I show my glory. Now the Lord has spoken, who formed me as his servant from the womb, that Jacob may be brought back to him and Israel gathered to him. And I am made glorious in the sight of the Lord, and my God is now my strength. It is too little, the Lord says, for you to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. I will make you a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. The word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 40. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. I have waited, waited for the Lord, and he stooped toward me and heard my cry, and he put a new song into my mouth, a hymn to our God. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. Sacrifice or offering you wish not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Holocausts or sin offerings you sought not. Then said I, Behold, I come. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. In the written scroll it is prescribed for me to do your will, O my God, is my delight, and your law is within my heart. Here am I, Lord. I come to do your will. I announced your justice in the vast assembly. I did not restrain my lips, as you, O Lord, know. Here am I, Lord. I come to do your will. Our second reading comes from the letter of St. Paul, his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Sothenes, our brother, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to you who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be holy with all those everywhere who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of the Lord. Our gospel reading today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me, who ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit." Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
Well, as I reflect a little bit on these readings, I think about, we just came out of, as I mentioned, the season of Christmas, and we talk about epiphanies, and we have more revelations, we have more manifestations or more epiphanies of who Jesus Christ is to reveal Jesus Christ to the nations, to start to reveal who this Jesus is to the people. Jesus had a private life for up to 30 years, and little by little, his public life uh, became known through different people, through different acts. During one of the days in the week, we heard the story of the wedding feast at Cana, and Jesus begins his public ministry in that he performs a miracle. And through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, through her urging, through her invitation, through her permission, you know, Jesus, do something about this. The wine is running out of this beautiful feast, wedding feast, and we can't have that happen. Whatever do whatever he tells you. And Jesus begins the public ministry. And then here we, we listen to the reading of the baptism of the Lord. And we see this relationship between John the Baptist and Jesus. And so there are many revelations, many epiphanies that continue as we move into ordinary time. I want to just look at a couple of lines in the Gospel of Isaiah, one of the beautiful ways in which to meditate on Scripture is as we read Scripture, you know, you can read it in your mind as you maybe silently read, but it's so much more powerful to read aloud and to proclaim the Word. And so I really encourage you to proclaim that Word out loud. And here's the line, Now the Lord has spoken. This is Isaiah 49 who formed me as his servant from the womb. And that tells me I was created to have a relationship with my creator, to be a servant, to be a child, to be one who is going to be in relationship with my creator. And from the very beginning, from my very beginning, from your very beginning, from the very beginning of all human life, we are formed in the womb for a purpose. Every single creation in the womb is precious and should be respected with dignity. Amen. It also goes on to say, and I am made glorious in the sight of the Lord. When we are in the sight of the Lord, when we see the Lord, when we reflect the Lord, we are made glorious. We are made to show the light of Christ. And my God is now my strength. My strength doesn't come from me. My strength doesn't come from the world or its comforts or its luxuries or all of the things that I can accumulate from the world. My strength comes from the Lord. And then the last two lines say, I will make you a light to the nations. We hear this often in the, in the scriptures, be a light to the nations that my salvation, the Lord's salvation, the salvation of God's plan for all humanity, for all time will reach the ends of the earth. So there's a pointing to the, the savior we just saw that in the, in the the incarnation. Here is the Savior. He is going to be born at this moment. 
but he is created from all time. This is what I love in, in the, the reading of the Psalms here, Psalm 40. It says, I have waited, waited for the Lord. Feel this longing, this pining, this desire for the glory. And then it says, and he stooped toward me. You know, can you imagine that our creator stooped toward us, his creatures, to be one of us, to be Jesus? to be face-to-face with us, to be our blood and our flesh without sin. He heard my cry. He heard the cry of humanity and his salvation, his plan of mercy and salvation was made known to the nations. Behold, I come, it says. In the reading of St. Paul, you know, it's what's so interesting about St. Paul, right? All of the, this is, you know, several lines in the opening of this letter to the Corinthians. He knows the Corinthian, Corinthians. Paul has spent much time with them. But this opening is just acknowledging who he is, Paul called to be an apostle of Christ, and then who the people of Corinth are. And that also extends to who we are. It says that uh, he's writing to the people of Corinth. And I love this, to you who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus. Paul is recognizing the people. The people are called to be holy. He's reminding them of their call, of their role, that they have been sanctified. And when we've been sanctified, we have to live according to that new life. As do we, are we called to live the life of holiness? In the Gospel of John, we hear an account of John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is revealing to us Jesus Christ. He's revealing to the people, this is the Messiah, and John the Baptist is using the invitation, using the presence. He's he's recognizing Jesus through the Holy Spirit. It says, on whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, that is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And so John the Baptist testifies. He's a witness, not just on his own revelation. He certainly would have known uh, the story at some level of his mother, Elizabeth, Zachariah, this miraculous um, birth. His parents were much older when when John the Baptist was conceived and born. And then, of course, we know the visitation of Mary. She's pregnant with Jesus. And we hear the line that John the Baptist leapt in the womb of his mother when he encountered the Lord in their wombs, in their womb, in their mother's wombs. They they had a purpose just as we do. And just as every life in the womb has a purpose. And so John doesn't just take his own knowledge. He just doesn't take the knowledge of maybe what his parents taught him. We don't know what those years of John the Baptist were like. We, we just know he was in the desert. We know he ate locusts and honey. Uh, he wore a certain kind of garb. But we don't really know much about how he lived those lives of his life of preparation to identify. But he was always his plan. His role has always been to show not to be on him and who he is, but to show 
the Messiah, to reveal that to the nations and to point to the Lord. And that's our role. Our role is also to point to Jesus. It's not for us to make the great apologetic point. It's not for us to win an argument. It's not for us to say, um, I know this and I know the Lord. Yes, we know the Lord and we encounter the Lord, but how do we reflect that and witness that to others so that they may be eager to also encounter the Lord? How are we bearing fruit in our lives, in the season of ordinary time, in this time of growing, in the in the season that we just came out of, of Christmas, how do we reflect the incarnation of Christ in my daily life, in my work, at my job, if I'm raising children, if I'm running a ministry or a business, if I'm a student, if I'm studying in an online class, if I'm going to classes in a university or college or community college, if I'm and a young person interacting with my peers, if I'm living in a retirement home, if I'm in an assisted living facility, wherever I am in life, how am I just in my daily life reflecting the Lord Jesus Christ? There's a great story I want to share, and I'll end with this story. I was recently interviewing our auxiliary bishop for the Archdiocese of Portland, Archbishop uh, Peter Smith, and he was an attendee of a recent conference called the Focus Seek 23 conference. It was held the first week of January in St. Louis, Missouri, and over 17,000 participants came. The bulk of the participants are college university students at colleges and university students who are impacted in some way by the Focus, the Fellowship of the Christian University Students Program. And so you have missionaries who have been serving college students, university students on campus, working with campus ministry programs to work with Bible studies and helping to really stir up uh, the young person's life in Christ on the campus level. And so most of these attendees are these college and university age students, but also you have hundreds of priests, you have dozens and dozens of bishops, and you have many speakers that I know uh, Father Matthew, uh, Father uh, Mike Schmitz was there, uh, Dr. Edward Shree, uh, Sister Miriam Heidelin. They were just a wonderful group of men and women of our Catholic faith that were at this conference. Now, I didn't attend, but Bishop Smith from our archdiocese attended, and he said we were in this football stadium. So they held all of the conference, which were speak speaking engagements, but also, of course, Holy Mass every day, confessions every day, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, Sacrament exposition, praise and worship music. All of this was in this very secular environment. And the priests and the bishops had locker rooms, like the team locker rooms for their vestments. He said it was just a really interesting place to be. But when he started to talk to the staff and, you know, the police and security and those that were just there to make sure everything was safe, he started to get a sense of, you know, what their response was to this, you know, group of 17,000 Catholics that converged into this facility in St. Louis, Missouri. And of course, many of these people who work at the venue may or may not be Christian at all, but they're working and they're doing their jobs. And all of a sudden for a week, here comes this group of Catholic people and how they conduct themselves and what the content of their programs are. And he just had this interesting 
from not only his experience, but from the other priests and bishops that he talked with, that the people noticed there's something different about this crowd of people. In fact, you know, as you're serving food, you know, the people that were cleaning up or providing security or making sure that there was coffee and all of those just very ordinary things, they were doing their jobs. But here's this group of Catholics. How did they behave? How did they interact with the staff? Did they treat the staff like they were servants and less than or under them? No, there was this respect. And there were just so many opportunities for this showing the glory of the Lord. Simply in coming together in a conference, what we do every day, our behavior out in the world, whether we're in the secular environment, whether we're attending a, a basketball game or a volleyball game, or we're going to a Catholic conference, our behavior, our language, our mannerisms, how we interact with one another, that all makes a difference. That all that could be the only gospel that those people will experience. They may never read the book of the word of God, but they've encountered this group of men and women. They witnessed people going to confession. They witnessed adoration of the Blessed Sacrament and maybe never had an understanding of what that was all about. But they'll take home a memory of who Jesus Christ is through his followers, not through his fans, not those who are going to cheer when everything's going great and then complain and, and grumble when things aren't going so well. So take this time of ordinary time to make extraordinary moments happen in just the, the simple, sublime activities of daily life. And when you have an opportunity to be out in public, remember what you say, what you do, how you interact, or interact matters. People are watching. And if you wear a, a crucifix or you wear a religious medal or you are known to be a Christian in a community, people are watching you. People are watching for you to miss misstep, to say something crude, but, but align yourself with Jesus Christ. Call upon the Holy Spirit as John the Baptist did. He was watching and waiting for the Holy Spirit to guide. It's not on my intelligence. It's not on my wisdom. It's all in the wisdom of the Lord. God bless you. Have a wonderful month of January. I'll look forward to talking with you again next week. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.